Hey guys, and welcome back to Grace of a Military Child and Life podcast. Life from the perspective of a military family member is way different than a civilian standpoint. Military children and family members give up their hopes and dreams to be able to stand by and support their service member, and it isn't an easy lifestyle for anyone to live. I hope that this podcast is able to help connect the military community and give others just a glimpse into what the military life is like from the perspective of spouses and children. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Grace of a Military Child in Life. Today, I'm here with Tommy, who is a Marine Corps child. So welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm doing good. Absolutely. So kind of tell me, because you have a little bit of a different story of being a military child. So kind of tell me what it was like for you growing up. Um. Well, my father was a Marine. He was in for, um, through, I think, I think it was the beginning of Desert Storm around there. Um, but he was out by the time I was born. So I kind of got the after effects of it, you yeah. know, with the uh, the discipline and whatnot. He, everything that he learned throughout his time in, he tried to instill in me and in the house and the way the house was run, um, you know, keeping things clean, making sure that, you know, your clothes are ironed in a certain way, your bed's made a certain way. What okay. is it like, you know, you have all of these, you know, different kind of, you said discipline, like, you know, making the bed and things like that growing up as a child, but not many kids have that. So what is that kind of like, you know, for you kind of, I guess, in comparison to other kids? Um. I mean, for me, it was a little difficult because I'm a rebel. I don't really <laughs> like to do what I'm told. I kind of like to, you know, if you're telling me to do something, I like to go and do the exact opposite. Yeah. Just to kind of, and it, it's it, it's weird because like I'll do it two ways. I'll either do it, um, I'll do what you're saying, but I'll do it my way. Yeah. To, like make myself feel better or I'll go and do the exact opposite just to piss you off. <laughs> <laughs> so we would kind of butt heads a lot with that. Um but it was fun. You know, we had a good time growing up. My grandfather was a little different. My grandfather was a Marine as well. He was in the Korean war, but he was kind of reserved and didn't really talk much about that. Yeah. Um, you know, any, any time he would, somebody would ask him something about like the time he was in, it was always, he would tell stories about how he caught malaria and had to be airlifted to the nearest hospital and, on the side of a helicopter with, you know, 104 fever. And then he would talk about like how, if like, let's say something dropped on the floor, like food or something dropped on the floor, you know, it would be like, Oh, throw that out. No, what, what the hell are you doing? I used to eat burgers off the floor with rats crawling all over them, you know, when he was in Korea and whatnot. So that was, that was kind of his take on everything, but he didn't really talk much about, what went on in the war or like what he did and you know that okay. he kind of kept to himself yeah because it's such a different time frame you know from you know that era to the era we're in now a lot of people didn't talk about what they've been through what they go through what it was like you know serving in those you know wars <laughs> where now it's like you know, we talk about those things like, you know, my dad was in Afghanistan. He served during that time frame. And, you know, like we we talk about that. And there's 
you know, tons of other service members who it's like, well, what was your experience like, you know, comparing and talking about, you know, those things where they didn't necessarily talk about that at that time. Yeah, like my grandfather had, uh, he had two purple hearts and I never found out why. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, he had all, he had all of his limbs and everything, you know, thank God he, he lived to be, uh, 80, 84 with no like major, major health issues. Right. Um, but I never found out like, what were you doing that, or like what happened to you that you got the purple hearts? Right. And, you know, that's a significant, you know, military award that, you know, kind of goes unnoticed and it's kind of not very common to get two of them because normally especially nowadays with the um oef oif wars like you know coming to a close a lot of those guys who got purple hearts you know had to be separated from military service because of their injuries Mm -hmm. so it's definitely you know it's a different time frame it's and it's a different generation you know coming and then moving forward yeah absolutely i mean i got i tried to go and join myself, I tried to continue on, you know, the family legacy <laughs> back about 10 years ago. Um, I tried to join the Marines and they told me no because of my tattoos. Their yeah. tattoo policy at the time was it can't be below the T-shirt line and it can't connect and can't be, you know, certain amount of inches off your wrist. And the guy was like, oh, go get your tattoos removed and come back. Okay. <laughs> see you later. Goodbye. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I they they let me take the ISVAB, which was shit four hours of my life that I'll never get back. Right. And uh, then they told me that the tattoo policy. They waited until you know they wanted to waste my time and have me go in there and go through this crazy test for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, the Navy told me no. The Coast Guard told me no. The Air Force told me no. All for the same reasons. Yeah. And um. You know, they were like, I'll just go join the army. They don't care. They wear long sleeves and whatever. And I was just like, no, nah, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm an army. Nothing against kid, the army. But... That's just the whole, that's the whole, you know, like rivalry yeah. between Marines and army is just like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. Now I'm going to have my balls broken for the rest of my life. <laughs> no, thanks. Yeah. I get that enough as it is. Yeah, no, I, I'm an army kid and I was engaged to a Marine for a little while and, you know, dated him, but <laughs> it, it's a totally different branch and totally different world and, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, now tattoo policies have changed and, you know, updated with the times for sure. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure if I tried again, they'd probably let me in, but it's yeah. not for me at this point in my life. Yeah, exactly. You know, you find different things and you know sometimes it's just growing up isn't part of it and that's about it so and then moving on yeah i chalk it up to it wasn't meant to be yeah exactly what you know kind of experiences do you think you had growing up in a you know still military household that you carry with you to this day um don't take any yeah from anybody that's partly from my grandfather and my father both being Marines and also from growing up in an Italian family. You don't take shit from anybody. Yeah. Um, they tried to teach me that as best as they could. I kind of just 
you know, I'm I'm a little more of a passive aggressive type of person. I kind of just let things go and don't let things get to me as much. Um, so I I I think I'm a little more level headed than than most people when it comes to that. Um, I don't take things personally. It's just you know it is what it is. You want to talk shit? Talk shit. Fine. Doesn't bother me. Yeah. It doesn't affect my life. You know. Your perception of me is just a reflection of you. So. Why, yeah. why should I take it personally? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, growing up in, you know, being around and surrounded by military, it's like you learn so many things and, you know, that's one of them. Like if something mm-hmm. happens and it's just it is what it is and you keep going and you keep moving forward because what are you going to do about it? Like there's nothing exactly. to do about it. And a lot of, you know, the training that, the military gets is that you know emotion has to be completely disregarded because that's when that's when things happen that's when you know people die unfortunately and you know you have to kind of draw the line somewhere especially when you know working in a war zone in combat Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's definitely a different world and it's a different a different atmosphere that you don't necessarily live in and not growing up you know I was a reserve child so I didn't grow up near a military base for quite some time and it's it's so different you know the difference between civilian kids and military kids you just you don't know until you actually are in it and living it and it's incredible there's a certain energy too that like a military child will bring along that other people will be able to pick up on. Yeah. So like, I don't know, people that meet me um, and they hang out with me and get to know me, they're like, once I tell them, yeah, you know, my father was a Marine, my grandfather was a Marine, blah, blah, blah. They're like, you know, I thought I kind of figured. Yeah. It's like they, I don't know something about me. I guess they could just tell, but that's what I think. I think there's a certain energy that you get brought up in that you kind of carry along with you that, uh, just sticks with you and gets noticed. Yeah, because, you know, I always think that military kids, you know, and it's it's obvious, like military kids are so much more resilient than than just civilian kids because of the way we're brought up, by the way that our parents raised us. And, you know, you, you just instantly connect with military kids no matter how long you've known them. And mm-hmm. even I have friends that I talked to and met eight years ago when I lived in Texas lost connection with them and then you know you get connection with them again and it's like nothing ever happens you just click and you know it's it's such a different connection between military kids and you know connecting military kids and civilian kids than just you know regular you know friendships and stuff that you make out in the civilian world Mm -hmm. yeah you kind of get that like sense of family yeah Everyone says military family and you don't really know it until you actually get it. And then, um, you know, once it's there, it's like you you have forever friends and they become built in family and, you know, you wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah, absolutely. My uh, my dad, he used to talk a lot about what he did when he was in and things that happened to him through boot camp and, um, you know, his his little... Refresh with the uh, drill instructors and uh, yeah, 
it was it's always fun listening to it and then uh he would he was actually on a ship for six months out in the mediterranean so getting to hear about that was pretty cool um he got to travel a lot he was in you know israel italy um all over europe well through the military so basically the marine corps paid for him to travel and see a lot of shit and experience a lot which uh that was always cool. My mother was always jealous of that. <laughs> my mother never left the country, so but yeah. my, my dad's passport is pretty full. So yeah. she's uh but he my mother actually waited for him um for four years while he was in. They uh they've been together since they're sixteen, so they they're married now thirty something years, almost forty years. Wow. And uh he left, went to the military and she waited for him four years until he came out. Wow. And they, uh, you know, they went from there and here I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, my parents always told me I, from a young age, I was like, I want to travel the world. I want to see the world. I want to experience different cultures. I want to do things. And they're like, well, join the military, you know, travel on the military's dime because you really get to see the world. You get to do so many things. My dad was stationed in Germany when he was 19. Um, and so, I mean, just being so young in a different country is is insane, too. And, you know, hearing his stories on what it was like over there um, and being able to just travel, but like all around Europe at such a young age, like you can't we can't over here say that we can just travel to a different country, you know, um, you know, yeah. and get on the train for the day. Um but, you know, we always my mom wasn't around at that point. My sister and I weren't around at that point. And so we're like, oh, my gosh, like you did all the fun stuff with that. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> you got to yeah, like, well, cool shit happened before we came around. Exactly. And like, I mean, we did Ohio, Texas and Florida. And that was really cool still, too. And, you know, get experiencing the cultures of you know, within the United States of the North, the South, and then, you know, Florida South versus Texas South is so different. And so, you know, now it's just like traveling yourself, you know, I'm deciding if I would like to join at one point or not. And, you know, just kind of going and experiencing different things. And I think even if I don't join, you know, definitely the military has given me that traveler's heart and, you know, wanting to just explore and see so many different things. Yeah. I mean, there's a difference just between East Coast and West Coast is a whole totally different way of life and mentality. And um, so like I grew up in New York and when I went to I went to Colorado um, when COVID kind of was somewhat here but not really and yeah um just the whole like people's way of thinking was to me at least i don't know very strange it was like almost alien to me yeah because you know new york in itself is its own new york new york and new york city are two different places two different ways of life two different worlds um i grew up in the city so um that in itself, I think, uh, takes a toll on somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a stressful way of living. I'm yeah. happy I don't live there anymore. Um, I always said that I, I wouldn't trade growing up there, but I definitely wouldn't live there forever. 
Yeah, it's like um, a transient like kind of thing where it's like you can only be there for so long and and then it's time to go and time to move on and do other things and experience, you know, places that are not as chaotic as the middle of New York City, like one of the biggest cities in this country are. It's It's just too many people. I don't think that human beings are meant to live that close to one another all day and night long (laughs) yeah i've been to both like manhattan and like you know center of new york city and i've also been to like long island and it's it's two different totally places within the same state it's insane the difference just the the five boroughs alone are completely different yeah each borough is different so like manhattan manhattan is its own animal Queens, Queens is a totally different animal. Brooklyn has its own way of living. Um, Staten Island is is like the forgotten borough. Right. That's what it's like known as because, I don't know, that's like the last borough that gets plowed with the snow. And um, that's where like a lot of the shit happens. A lot of like, (laughs) so Staten Island used to be a landfill. And then I forget what year, but they converted it and made it houses and people live there now and there's like a certain smell in staten island that you kind of <laughs> recognize it's like yeah. it's like dormant still but it, you know it's there just right. because of the fact that it used to be in landfill so everybody calls it staten island dump right um and then the bronx i mean i don't know i try to stay away from the bronx just because it's the bronx <laughs> um <laughs> yeah but yeah i mean I don't know. New York is, I'm trying to think of a way to explain what it's, it gives you a certain kind of edge growing up there just because of the amount of people that you're around and contact with, um, dealing with. And there's definitely a lot of snakes there. Yeah. As far as like people, not, not reptiles, but like people. Yeah. Um, and everybody's just trying to get ahead and they just, you know, whoever they have to step on, they step on and they do what they got to do at the end of the day. It's all me, 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 never we. Right. And that's like something that I think so, you know, special about like the military community is like, it's all one team, you know? And while mm -hmm. you do have those people who are still all me, 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 (laughs) you know, you get the anywhere you go, but it's, you know, one huge team that everyone works together and, you know, has one common mission. Yeah, exactly. They all understand that we're all here and this is what we have to do. So instead of fighting against one another, let's do it together. And everybody shares the same common goal, which is kind of like life. Everybody just wants to live their life, be free and be happy and do what they want to do. Yeah. And a lot of, you know, people in, you know, places like New York city and, you know, other things that it's hard to realize that there are other people and there are other things going on where it's like you know as part of military families it's like you know we have one common goal like we're all just trying to do our best and we're all working towards you know the same thing and let's help one another get there Mm -hmm. yeah it's so so different and so strange and so unique in so many different ways and it's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wouldn't change my childhood for anything in the world. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So the last thing I always like to ask, um, and some people find it the hardest question, um, but what advice would you give to another military kid? That is a hard one. Because <laughs> <laughs> I would say, you know, listen to whatever, whatever they're trying, whatever your you know military family is trying to teach you. Try to listen to it and grasp it. But that makes me sound like a hypocrite because I, like I said, I used to do the exact opposite of anybody <laughs> would tell me. So, but I mean, that's kind of the best thing that I can think of. Yeah. As far as like advice. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know. Take, but I would say it in a way of take the part of it that resonates or take the core of it and make it resonate in a way that you understand it. Yeah. So like the same way that I don't want to get into like religion, but the same way that all of these millions of religions have the same core principles, but they're just told in different ways, you know, different characters, different stories and like that. It's the same. You can kind of take it the same way as what a military family would try to instill to you. So it's yeah. like, it's all the, the same core principles, the discipline, the, um, you know, doing the right thing and, and the, uh, like emotional intelligence and, all of that kind of at the base of it is the same, but just make it fit you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing, you know, your unique um, version of your military life and upbringing. And even though you didn't, you know, experience living on base and moving and deployments, like, you know, military life is still military life. So thank you for being on and sharing your experience and what you've, learned throughout the military life as a child yeah thank you for having me absolutely thank you for listening to this week's episode of grace of a military child and life make sure to set a reminder for every tuesday to listen to a new episode you can find us on instagram and youtube at grace of a military child and life if you have any questions or want to be on the podcast, send a message to one of our social media platforms or email grace.of.a.military.child at gmail.com. See you next week.